Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Grab out your note sheet and let's jump right into today's sermon. All right, good morning, Access Church. Hope you guys are doing well, staying nice and cool. Uh, We are doing this format because it is just nasty hot. So um, hopefully next week, uh, the temperature is just a little bit better. I just want to remind you, in two weeks, we have access to go back indoors at the school, so that'll be nice. Uh, We will be inside um, as it begins to get probably hot for a while here in August and September uh, in this area. But um, yeah, so we're going old school. As many of you know, this is what we did for Andrew and I were just talking for several months. This was the format when we were on lockdown. It feels a little bit weird, uh, but um, at least we can do this. And uh, I'm glad that you're here uh, with us today. I just want to remind you before we jump into, uh, we're starting a new series uh, today. It's going to be a short one. Uh, It's going to be called Essentials of Faith. And basically what we're doing is is talking about what are kind of essential components of our faith um, to make sure that we're thinking that through to keep our faith strong, to keep it uh, focused, uh, and to keep it persevering, that there's longevity uh, in faith. And so we're going to be looking at that over the next probably about four or five weeks. Then we're going to be jumping into the book of Acts for fall. And that's when our connection groups kick off. And that'll be what we'll be discussing. But before we get into today, kicking off Essentials of Faith, uh, this Saturday coming up, we are having our end of summer party. So we're going to be in Oceanside at the harbor between towers 14 and 16 in the harbor. And uh, just look for the big Easy Up. We'll have our Access Church Easy Up there. You should be able to see it. It's bright. And uh, it's from 10 to 3. Um, and again, 3 o'clock is when you can wrap up if you want, if you want to kick it. Sometimes the evenings there in Oceanside are kind of nice. But 10 o'clock, I'll be there. And you can start filing in. We can have lunch together and just kind of hang out. So looking forward to that. Just want to remind you, Saturday end of uh, summer party. And uh, I know we're all starting to think about school now and getting ready for the fall and all that kind of stuff. So it'll be fun to hang out uh, together. Uh, let me pray. And then we're just going to uh, jump into it. Uh, we'll be all over. We have like verses all over Old Testament, New Testament. So kind of just have your Bible ready um, or be ready to kind of write notes, mark some things down. But I'm looking forward to today as we talk about the importance of uh, reflection, reflecting on our lives, personal reflection. Uh, in our faith and how important that is. All right, let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much um, that you are, as your word says, the perfecter of our faith, the instigator of our faith, um, and that uh, you are with us, God, to protect our faith. And it is something that we have to think through because as we know in our own lives and as we see other people's lives, it's so easy to wander. It's so easy to give up. Uh, it's so easy to to start strong and end poorly, um, and that faith is essential for us each day, God, to stay um, protected by you, um, to stay um, just moving forward in the direction that you have for us. And so, God, I pray that to be very encouraging. I pray that it would also be very challenging for us as far as uh, implementing new things, new disciplines in our life um, that would grow our faith beyond Um, what we can even imagine. And so I just pray that you would uh, speak to us today as we open your word in your name. Amen. So there's a a show 
that you might be familiar with. My wife loves uh, anything that has to do with, you know, being out in the wild. All those Alaska shows um, she really enjoys. I actually enjoy watching them uh, with her, but she always finds these new different kind of wilderness shows to watch. And one of them is called Alone. And uh, I, get, I think I'm going to get this right. I hope I get it right because I've only seen a few episodes. But um, they, it's this show where I think if you last for 100 days or three months or something like that, um, that you get a million dollars, but you're alone out in the boonies, wild animals all around, uh, no contact with anybody, and you don't have much. So you instantly, as soon as they drop you off, the helicopter takes off, and you have a camera. You don't have a camera crew. You have one camera. You're supposed to film everything. And you just got to start hunting immediately. You got to start finding shelter immediately. And it's just, it's nuts. And, uh, and the different people they have, I mean, they have people that they know the back country. These are all trained people. And so it's incredibly difficult. Uh, and it's, it's just fun to watch. What's interesting, though, is to see, obviously, you're alone. So as far as just time to reflect, uh, time to kind of assess things, uh, you have that. There's no one else to really uh, talk to. And so it's interesting to see that um, just the different people and how they do self-assessment, how they kind of reflect on, on what they need to do or just even in this journey, it's almost like a spiritual journey of who they are. It tests you and just your mental toughness, um, spiritual, physical, all these things. Uh, this one guy who's really interesting, though, as far as uh, illustrating the important the importance of um, self-assessing, self-reflecting, and doing it well. Because one aspect of our faith is we need to learn to even reflect and just slow down. But the second part also is that it's a it's a proper reflection um, because we can reflect poorly on ourselves or our faith or on God and things like that. And so uh, this guy, I think he was an army ranger or SEALs or something like that, tough dude, right? And uh, And he started having these back pains he started having kind of all these issues and but with that mindset you know those are the tough guys those are the guys that they endure they overcome and obviously this is a show where um you know you want to show your toughness and and you want to get through and all that kind of stuff but he was having these kind of constant pains and he didn't have like a major injury he didn't you know he could keep going and uh but the pain would get worse and worse and worse and you could tell there's just like this this struggle uh, as far as that self-assessment, it's like, am I truly okay? Can I just tough it out? Can I keep going? And you got that, you know, million dollars at the end that you want to that get to. And um, and so it was interesting that as he was assessing himself, he was just like, I can't, I can't go on. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, the pain was uh, was there's something wrong with him. And so they the they, the helicopters come in and they take him out. And uh, they found out that uh, he had fluid like behind us somehow. He didn't like fall or have an injury like that, but I don't know if it was a parasite or, or something, but he had like fluid in his lungs. And if he wouldn't have realized how dangerous it was, the situation that he was in and, and told them like, you need to come get me out. If he would have kept going thinking like, I can just tough this out. There's a million dollars there. If he wouldn't have you know, done that, um, they said he would have died within a few weeks. It was actually a really bad thing that he had going on that he just 
didn't realize like, ah, I got some pain. I don't know what's going on. Um, but it saved his life. And I was just thinking about that as far as just, it's the kind of the same thing in our faith. Um, I think having a faith in God that is robust, that is strong, that is long lasting is, is actually kind of a rare thing in life. I don't know about you, but as I think about, man, almost what, 30 years of following Jesus in my own life, these times where I've been close to or had times where you could, I guess, say abandon faith and then kind of come back or just people that I've known that, man, I went to church with them. I remember um, when I was, uh, before I married Christine, just having all these Christian roommates and how many of them are no longer following God and just kind of thinking through like, what are the essentials? Like, why do some people make it? Some people last, some people continue, some people uh, grow strong in their faith and some don't. Um, there's some essential components there. And, and one of them is just being able to reflect and assess correctly. I think some of us, we can um, damage our faith or abandon our faith um, unknowingly or even unwillingly. We kind of just wander into it because we don't slow down to kind of assess what's going on, to see what's happening in maybe our spiritual bodies, uh, not our physical bodies. And it can cause almost a death of our faith. And this guy, his life was saved by having an honest assessment of himself. And even though he wanted the million dollars, and even though he wanted to be that tough ranger seal guy, there's a time to assess saying something's off. And I, I need to quit. I need to, I need medical help. And it's the same thing in our faith. I think some of us, our, our faith can, can hurt and can diminish and can die because we don't assess it correctly. And so I just want to kind of look at um, three things today. Just have us think about as far as things that can keep our faith strong uh, and make it um, last long in our life. Uh, before we get into this, I just want to, there's a quote that uh, I want to give you. Self-reflection is the discipline, specifically today, self-reflection is the discipline to assess and evaluate the quality and direction of my faith. That's what we're talking about today. So one of the essentials of a long-lasting faith, of a faith that really grows over time, is that there's a self-reflection, and it is a discipline. It's not something that we we naturally want to do. In fact, um, most of the time in life, it's easy for us to kind of look at other people or judge other people or reflect on other people, right? Become almost obsessed with what's happening with other people in their lives. It's a discipline to stay focused on my myself. Uh, I was talking about this in the healthy marriage class or the healthy family class that we're doing. We are talking about marriage and uh, one of the things that I, I was telling the class that I noticed between healthy marriages and unhealthy marriages is with healthy marriages, uh, people tend to focus more on themselves and what they could be doing better in the marriage uh, rather than the other person. Where in an unhealthy marriage, they're, they're kind of obsessed with what the other person could be doing better. And it's kind of the same thing in our, our, our faith that we're more obsessed with how we're doing than how the world is doing, how other people are doing. Not that we... We don't care how they're doing, but we're kind of critiquing and evaluating ourselves more. That, that, that's, a, that's a healthy faith. And so self-reflection is the discipline, making time, um, the discipline not to be distracted by other people or other things, to assess and evaluate the quality and direction of my faith. So there's really three 
ways of doing that that I want to talk about today that I hope encourage you and maybe um, God will kind of speak to you as far as where to make room in your life to implement some of these disciplines. Um, and so one aspect of reflecting our faith is that um, point kind of number one is that it helps us to know uh, the thoughts underneath our behaviors and our emotions. So it helps us to know when we stop and kind of reflect on ourselves and assess ourselves and our faith, it helps us to know what are the, the thoughts that are underneath my behaviors in life and my emotions in life. And so what that's hitting is when it comes to my behaviors, that's my motives. One of the things that the Bible encourages us to assess and evaluate our motives. Why are we doing something? The why is just as important as the what. Why am I going to church? Why am I in this marriage? Why am I raising kids? Why am I reaching out to this person? Why am I reading the Bible? Again, you can get into um, even Christian behaviors and kind of do it mindlessly. And we don't have necessarily solid motives behind it. That was one of the things that, that Jesus constantly kind of rebuked the, the uh, Pharisees about. When you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and the life of Jesus, is he's rebuking um, not their kind of godly acts, but that they had wrong motives. The motives were more for themselves than truly for God. Even when they prayed or they worshiped, they were praying to impress other people rather than they didn't care about their words. They just wanted to talk to God no matter who was listening. And so the Bible talks about it's important for us to know what, what are my motives um, underneath the behaviors, but also what are the thoughts that kind of trigger my emotions? Um, when I have emotions, if I don't know the, the, the thinking or the thought that's instigating that emotion, then uh, I'm gonna be led and dominated by my emotions in life, which it's great to have emotions, but it's not wise or beneficial to make decisions and live by emotions. It's good to be aware of my emotions because what my emotions do, if I'm, if I'm scared by something, if I'm anxious about something, even if I'm joyful about something, it's good for me to know what are the thoughts and is that, is that a godly thought that's instigating that. Um, the two passages uh, that, that kind of talk about this are, are Romans 12 and 2 Corinthians 13. <clears throat> Romans 12, 3 says this, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. And so one of the, the motives in life, right? So he's talking about this, this underlying thinking is making sure that as I'm living out my faith, that my faith doesn't become kind of egocentric or it's about me. I'm thinking of myself above others. But that I think of as far as sober judgment, realizing that, you know what? I've been saved by grace that I'm doing this as a servant of God, just having a kind of a proper perspective. And so as I'm doing things that maybe can help me fight against maybe bitterness or expectations against other people, when I have a, a sober judgment, I can do things and if no one thanks me or no one acknowledges me, well, if I have a proper understanding of, well, I'm doing it for God. 
or I'm a servant of God, I'm, I'm saved by grace. I don't even deserve to be serving him. It's a joy just to even help other people or love other people or give to other people. That can, motive can help me to do things in a way with kind of a godlier motives and which sustains me, sustains my faith, keeps me from being bitter or keeps me from maybe stop serving or anything uh, like that. And so Romans 12 talks about that, that do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to. As I self-reflect on um, my life and my faith, sometimes I can, uh, the importance of reflection is that many times in life we begin to elevate ourselves above other people. Happens to all of us, right? So self-reflection should bring this sober judgment um, and understanding who we are in Christ. Um, 2 Corinthians 13.5 talks about the importance of this where it says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. And remember, Paul's talking to Christians. So people that have already been baptized, already expressed the faith, he says, hey, keep examining yourself to make sure that you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? And what he's saying is, hey, as you're, as you're going about in life, making sure that it's, it's Christ that is in you, doing things, compelling you to do things, rather than you're just kind of mindlessly doing things. Is you, are you really trusting God, or are you just doing kind of Christianese behaviors? This is important to, to have time in life, to make time in life, to kind of reflect on my emotions, to reflect on the motives of my behaviors. Uh, this type of self-reflection and awareness and assessment are kind of the guardrails of faith to make sure that I'm not doing things mindlessly and again, just kind of in a Christianese way from everything, whether it's prayer, worship, going to church, serving in ministry, in my marriage, with my kids. There's a sense of constantly kind of guarding our faith by reflecting to make sure that my motives are pure, that my emotions are built on truth, that I'm not being triggered in ways that it's a it's a lie from Satan or it's a, it's a thought that's not true that's maybe triggering that emotion. And so having that time to kind of slow down. And this type of reflection, this is where it's really good. We've talked about this before. We're just, um, you know, a lot of times self-reflection, it's one of those things that you're focusing on yourself, but you're not doing it by yourself. This is the beauty of having seasons in our life where, you know, meeting like with a professional counselor or meeting with a friend that asks good questions. I find this type of reflection like in my life, um, being with people, whether it's a mentor, someone maybe it's an older Christian, or just Christian friends that they're good at asking questions or having seasons of life where we go see a Christian counselor, whether it's three or four sessions or five, but just having times, having someone ask questions that we don't know how to ask or that we're afraid to ask. And so as you think about self-reflection, sometimes evaluating my faith is best done with others um, rather than just by myself because sometimes I don't know where to go to evaluate my motives or to evaluate, like, what's the thought that's, that's generating that emotion? Um, but it's something that can kind of safeguard our, our faith. So one aspect of reflection is uh, looking at our thoughts, right, and, and making sure that I understand my motives and I understand maybe thoughts that are triggering certain emotions um, to give me clarity. 
Uh, the second one, as far as the type of reflection that we can do, is one is, uh, or two, is just remember who God is and what He is doing. So part of self-reflection, when it comes to my faith, is also reflecting on um, what God has done in my life. Constantly doing that. I think it's super important as far as this type of reflection, I know in my life, uh, is essential as far as keeping me encouraged. I don't know about you, but I feel like my faith can get worn out. I feel like my faith can get tired. I feel like many times, too, my faith has um, short memory. <laughs> and uh, I need to constantly slow down and remember God's goodness because He'll be good today and He'll be good tomorrow. Or remember God's miracles. And that just strengthens my faith when I don't maybe go or see His miracles today or are hoping for His miracles for tomorrow. Um, I think we see this in Psalms a lot where when uh, David writes what sustained his faith, because if you, you know, the life of David, he went through so much stuff. And what kept him kind of going to the end is he often would reflect um, when it comes to his personal faith on just who God is and what he's done. Uh, Psalm 103 and Psalm 105 talk about this. Psalm 103, 1 through 5 says this, Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crown you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Psalm 105, 1 through 4 says this, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, test all of his wonderful acts. Glory in his name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. This is why, just so you know, why we constantly worship each week. Like, why do we do that? It's not just to create a Christian service and to have something in between you know, the sermon or anything like that. Um, worship is essential as far as us just being constantly reminded. And I think it's so important. These songs that talk about his power and his goodness and his miracles and all these things, um, they should bring up memories for us. So worship's a great reflection. Having worship songs throughout the week, this is a great uh, way to kind of remind ourselves. I think another thing is just taking time to journal can really protect our faith. Looking back on that journal. There's so many times where I forget. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's right. God did that last year or God did that last month or God did that 10 years ago. And that, I don't know about for you, but it encourages me. It, it fills me up to keep going maybe when I don't see God as clearly, but my faith is strengthened. I feel like when we get really, really busy in life and we forget to reflect, um, I think it's easy to diminish who God is in our lives and to forget, honestly which is incredible, that we would forget the God of the universe in our daily living. And I think this is one that is a great daily thing. I think this is one that I encourage us as far as, you know, each night um, when we're laying down in bed, just to look at the day. Maybe God did miracles and we didn't even realize or God was good. Or I know Christine and I sometimes um, when we're talking about family or the kids or all that kind of stuff. Sometimes we forget the miracles he's done in our, our kids' lives. And 
And I know what this does for me is sometimes if I become anxious about my kids, right, about their future or about what we need to do, it could be discipline, it could be, you know, their direction, whatever it is, that anxiety goes away when I realize how much God has answered prayers with our kids. And then it, it brings comfort. I find for some of us when we lack uh, time of self-assessment and self-reflection uh, in life, we, we live with more anxiety because we forget God and we think that life and our finances and our kids and whatever it is, it's all on our shoulders. So slowing down, worship songs, oh yeah, God is great. Oh yeah, he's good. Whether it's stories from the Old Testament, New Testament, or just stories in my life. So important. And I'd say the third aspect of, of the importance of reflecting our faith is that when we slow down and reflect, it allows God to give us specific assignments and insight. And this is something I think we don't think about a lot. That the, it's important to slow down in life and have time to kind of reflect on our faith, um, kind of assess it. But those are the moments when God is going to give us specific assignments or insights into life. And I think, I think it's really important that we realize God has specific things he wants to say to us, specific people he wants us to reach, specific things he wants us to do. We read that all throughout the Old and the New Testament. And so he's going to take the Bible, which are usually general assignments, right? Love people, serve people, forgive people, be kind to people, bear one another's burdens, all these things. But God, through his Spirit, wants to give us specific ways to do that that are just uniquely for us. And so we see this um, in a myriad of ways. And I'm, I'm going to read a few passages. Uh, Romans 12, 2 talks about the importance of this as far as, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. How do I know what God's will is for my life? How do I know how he wants me maybe to be generous with my money or who he wants me to pray for today or who he wants me to reach out to today or how he wants to influence my parenting today? Well, how do I know what his will is, right? What his desire is for me? Well, it says that we must be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We must take time and allow God to speak to us, to renew us, to change our mind of what we think tomorrow will bring. You see, most of us have expectations of what tomorrow will bring or what this next week or what this next year will bring. What the Bible says is be careful with that. Allow God to renew and to change your mind because he might give you insights or assignments that are different than what you think this next year, this next month or whatever it might be. But if we don't reflect, if we don't slow down and say, God, speak to me, I think we miss out and we do life and he's there, but we're not necessarily fulfilling the assignments and the desires that he has for us. We see this powerfully in the book of, of Acts, which we're going to be going through. I'm super stoked. Uh, we're going to have so much fun going through Acts. It's so rich uh, as far as directing churches and keeping us on mission and um, it's going to be fun, but I want to hit two passages out of Acts that really show kind of the importance of assessing, slowing down, reflecting in life and how God wants to use it. Because I believe that God wants to give our church and to give you uh, specific assignments of ministry 
uh, but also specific insights so that you can follow him um, and follow him in ways that you never imagined that you would follow him. Because this happens all the time. Uh, we see in Acts chapter uh, 13 uh, how this happened for the church as far as they were slowing down, they were reflecting, and we read in Acts 13 where it says, Now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, and it, it lists out all those people, and it says, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, so they were taking extra time, so they're fasting, they're not eating meals together, so that means they have more time to, to pray, to listen, to seek the Lord. That's what fasting is. I'm going to assign um, extra aspects or extra parts of my life just to sit and think and reflect and kind of push into the Spirit of God. And it says, while they're doing that, that's when the Holy Spirit spoke. And the Holy Spirit said to them, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The very first missionaries were sent from the church from a time of reflection, from a time of assessment, from a time of saying, God, we're just going to worship you. We're going to sing to you. And then as they did that, that's when God spoke to them. I think when we miss times of extra space for God, to say, speak to me, I think we miss out maybe on some vital assignments. Can you imagine if the church was just busy doing church? We don't have time. We got to do this. We got to do that. Um, it could have been maybe extra months or years before they sent missionaries. So sometimes when you slow down is when you actually then can actually speed up later in life, where if you always go fast, you just kind of burn out. Uh, I remind people of this of when it comes, and I don't watch it, but NASCAR racing. Um, I don't watch it because it's boring. But uh, it is an interesting concept as far as for them to win the race, they have to be smart as far as you have to stop in the pit stop. You have to gas up and get new tires. And it's hard for drivers because you see everyone else zooming around the track and in your mind you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be behind. But even though you feel behind, you, you'll, you'll move ahead when you take care of the tires, when you fill up the gas tank, when you do whatever else they do in a pit stop. But sometimes we feel like if I slow down, if I take a retreat, if I, you know, um, whatever it is, uh, work a little bit less this one week or whatever it might be, I don't do these extra chores, but I just sit and give God time, you feel behind in life. I'll be behind on chores, I'll be behind financially, I'll be behind here, other people are running around doing things, but you'll burn out but you'll also miss where God maybe wants to use you or start something new or fresh. I believe God wants to speak to you and that makes then slowing down actually exciting. Turning off the TV, taking maybe an extra hour at lunch at work, if you can. Having the babysitters uh, or having the, the kids go to the grandparents. Um, and so you can just kind of slow down for 24 hours or for 48 hours. like. And I know in our minds we think, I just, I can't, run. I don't have the money or I don't have the time. You got to make a way. We got to make a way. Because I think God has something to say to us, but we got to slow down so we can hear him. This is also powerfully illustrated in Acts chapter 10. Um, Peter, this is a time where God was, um, he's wanting the church to expand. When the church first started, you got to remember in the first like 
eight or nine chapters. Uh, the Jewish Christians really didn't have a concept of reaching Gentiles. They just felt like they were almost like too far away from God. So God wanted to use Peter for a specific assignment to a specific Gentile person who's not a Jew um, to begin reaching out. And so it says that in Acts chapter 10 that Peter had a vision, that God kind of gave him a vision, gave him, gave him a picture, gave him a dream, but he didn't fully understand it. God might speak to you in ways or give you visions or dreams, and you don't, you don't fully understand. And look what Peter did. In Acts chapter 10, verse 17, it says, While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, as he was contemplating it, saying, God, what do you mean? God, what do you mean? It says, the men sent by Cornelius, Cornelius is someone that's not uh, a Jewish person, uh, that God was working in his heart, and Peter was going to use or God was going to use Peter to reach Cornelius for him to become a Christian. And again, Peter doesn't understand all this. The beauty is when you slow down and reflect, God is going to show you things that you have no idea how he wants to use you. You have no idea. Peter had no idea there's some dude named Cornelius that, that God was really wanting to reach. And as you reflect, God might bring people that you had no idea that he wants you to reach. He wants you to impact. You haven't even thought of them, but as you slow down, God may give you visions or, or certain words or insights, but then you got to think about it. He's not going to give you a specific answer yet, but look at while Peter is wondering, taking time to think about it, the men that Cornelius sent found out where Simon's house was, Peter, and was stopped at the gate. They called out asking if uh, Simon Peter, who was known uh, as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Super important. Check this out. If Peter wasn't thinking about the vision, if he dismissed it, he would have dismissed those three men. Because as a Jewish person, they have no desire really to hang out with Gentiles. Or maybe he would have questioned what they were being there, why they came. And they're going to say, hey, Cornelius had a, a, a vision, and so we're here to see if you can reach out to him. He might have questioned that. But because he was reflecting, assessing, slowing down, allowing God to speak to him, God gave him a specific assignment, brought people in, and then told him, go with them. They are from me for you so that you can explain the gospel. This is why it's important to slow down, is I think as much as God wants to encourage us as we reflect on his miracles, I think as much as God wants to kind of have us kind of evaluate our motives, right, and maybe our emotions, to maybe tweak some things, change some things, to make sure that, that we're not thinking more highly than we ought to of our own selves, I think one of the things I'm, I mostly see as far as when we lack this discipline of, of um, reflection in our life is that we miss out on assignments that God wants to give us. How cool is it to think that God is going to be working on people and then he's going to use you to reach those people or encourage those people? I encourage you this next week to make time for God to give you assignments or to give you insight. Whether it's dedicating a walk to him and walking for 30 minutes, 
whether it's turning off the TV and at night, whether it's first thing in the morning when you wake up. But watch when you give God space to speak to you. Maybe it's taking time to, to read a Christian biography or to go on YouTube and, and to uh, you know, look up certain Christians uh, or read certain books, again, that maybe will inspire you and help you to think. But it's doing it with that intent of saying, God, speak to me. But you got to make room. Again, I think God has so much to say to us, but we're just too busy. As we look at the essentials of faith, one of them is that we slow down and we just reflect. We assess. We allow room for His Spirit to convict us, to challenge us, but also to direct us. This is why I think we forget many times that um, in the Ten Commandments, this is why God made Sabbath one of the Ten Commandments. And just so you know, it's the third commandment. Like He, he listed it before, like, don't murder people. Don't cheat on your spouse. Like he put that high up. It's not number 10 in the Ten Commandments. It was number three. Well, why did he do that? Because I think many sins or many misses in our faith, uh, they happen because we don't slow down. Sabbath was meant to be dedicated to God to have time just to slow down, just to, in the busyness of life, say, I'm going to dedicate this to God to allow him to encourage me, to lead me, to speak to me, to change me. And what's interesting is the Israelites really struggled to follow God. And also you see in that time period in the Old Testament, they struggled to keep the Sabbath, to leave room for God. I know in my life, major decisions and small decisions, major decisions as far as like being generous with finances. Um, I would even say dating and marrying Christine, um, starting churches, big things, but also small things. Um, have been by leaving room for God. A few weeks ago, I was um, just kind of going on a walk just to do this, to practice this. And, and I, one of the things I enjoy to do is to, to listen to worship songs as I'm walking, but to have my phone on me and say, God, who do you want me to text? Who do you want me to encourage? Who do I need to call? And almost every time I do that, it's cool as far as I texted someone that God just kind of laid on my heart and mind. And it was like that moment they texted me back being like, these are the exact words and I gave them a Bible passage and the Bible verse that I needed. Thank you so much. And I just said, I'm here. I'm praying. If you want to talk, let me know. Imagine if I'd have been like, I'm too busy. I got this dude. I got, there's always things to do. Rather than just saying, I'm going to take 45 minutes and maybe change someone's day because God says, I need you to speak to him. Not someone else. Brian, I need you. I believe God has that in our lives. I'm excited as a church as far as not just what we do for God, but as we slow down and let him direct us of what we are to do and maybe even not to do as we leave room for him in our lives. I hope this encourages you. I hope this um, excites you to participate in a discipline, and it is a discipline to make room for God, um, but that the self-reflection, uh, this time to assess and evaluate really does give you quality of faith, but also gives you direction of your faith that not only impacts you, but impacts others. You guys, I hope you have a great week. Miss seeing you. Uh, look forward to next week and uh, look forward to hearing how God speaks to you because I know he does.
as a father wants to speak to their child and play with them and encourage them, just so you know, God wants to speak to you. He loves you. And as Jeremiah says, he has plans for you. I hope you know those plans. Take care. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information or to get in contact with our pastoral staff, please go to go to accesschurch.com. 